Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. With lockdown limitations continually adjusting and the summer now looking us beautifully in the eye, we continue with regular discussions about our respective horticultural worlds. Putting the pandemic's grip on us aside, we sincerely hope that you found enough moments to quietly contemplate, distract yourself, gaze in wonder and generally pour positive and fruitful energy into this most glorious and rewarding of hobbies, which, for Saul and myself, we are lucky enough to also call our profession. Restrictions are still with us, experiences are still unprecedented, but Lucy and I hope that by providing you with a continued shortened version of this podcast every few days, you can easily fit a small dose of horticultural musings into your routine. We will, of course, still bring you longer bonus episodes too, when we chat to inspirational peers on more in-depth gardening topics. So fire up the kettle, get comfortable in your favourite chair and join us now for a 20-minute escape into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. So it's midweek here at Stonelands, the temperature it's getting to about 16 or 17 degrees, so we're in for a hot day. I believe the next two days are going to be quite warm. So I'm just taking a little wander around Stonelands just to uh, highlight what's going on midsummer here. And we're just heading down to the veg garden. I'm particularly pleased with the veg garden this year. I've put a, a lot of effort during the lockdown to try and keep it going really well, especially trying to make sure all the areas cultivated um, so I'm pretty pleased we're growing lots and lots of new vegetables to me lots of new varieties uh, last year my apprentice put in a really nice uh, veg plan and uh, seed schedule so we've really benefited from that especially since we did it before the lockdown so having that organized previous to when I lost all the gardeners at Stonelands has really helped and uh, things are putting on quite a lick of growth. Um, we're very lucky down the West Country, and I, and I probably respect most of the country, have had quite torrential downpours last week. So that has saved us on having to irrigate, well, the whole garden, really. It takes a lot of time to irrigate, almost half the day, just to move sprinklers around, water the beds, water all the containers. So I'm really pleased with having that downpour because it means I've had lots of time to do other things it also means though that we're going to have an uh, abundance of weeds appearing and i can already see things popping up in between the beetroot and all the onions and the alliums and the leeks so hopefully with the hot weather we're going to have in the next few days i can grab the hoe and give everything a good hoeing and just keep on top of the weeds uh, until we get some uh, some help back and we can actually go through the beds a little bit more thoroughly. So at the moment I'm looking at uh, some really healthy broad beans. This is the first year I've been able to actually grow broad beans up to maturity because uh, for those who listen to the podcast regularly they'll know we have a substantial deer problem or we did have a substantial deer problem at Stonelands. I say that in the past tense because this year the deer has disappeared uh, we're not 100% sure why. Maybe they're in lockdown as well. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty pleased that we don't have the deer this year because the veg garden has been trouble-free in terms of major uh, pest damage. And things like the roses and the broad beans and uh, 
things that are susceptible like the beetroot um, and other of uh, veg leafy veg haven't been disturbed so much so they've grown pretty well and actually I had a really nice broad bean pasta yesterday so I'm quite pleased with the broad beans we grow two varieties we've got the sutton very classic broad bean dwarf i quite like dwarfing broad beans you don't have to support them so much so so not so much work and also robin hood which is a bit taller uh, and uh, is is an okay variety i'm going to um, probably replace that next year with a variety that lucy suggested to me called demonica so we're going to try that variety next year Leeks have just gone in uh, and luckily they are just starting to put on a little bit of growth so it looks like every leek is taken which is nice. Sweet corn is starting to put on a lot of growth which is good they will accelerate over the next month and uh, hopefully we'll get some really nice corner cobs. I grow a variety called Incredible which I've been growing for three years now and uh, it does live up to its name. It is an incredible taste. I really do love it. Um, we've got the onions and the shallots. I haven't grown many shallots in the past, but I'm actually very, very pleased with them. They are um, good, healthy seven to eight bulbs per planting and uh, a lot sweeter. I do like shallots when I'm cooking, so we might actually grow more shallots than onions next year. We'll see how we're doing. Um, just noticed today that the raspberries are starting to ripen, uh, our summer fruiting raspberries. Um, they're looking delicious. We don't have them under uh, a cover, so we do get a bit of a problem with uh, birds taking the fruit. So I have to actually come and harvest them before the pigeons notice that they've all gone nicely red. So I'm going to have a taste of one right now. Oh, delicious. I do like coming for a good uh, walk around the garden first thing in the morning just to see what's going on because uh, it's such a nice time of day. And especially when the heat is going to build up into the high 20s. It's much nicer walking around at this time of day with a slight breeze. Um, but overall, I'm very happy with how the veg garden's looking. Um, so I'm really lucky because that means I can go and concentrate more on some of the areas that I haven't quite managed to get under control uh, the woodland garden especially is looking a little overgrown. It, it does every year. It's the woodland garden, the older part of the gardens at Stonelands, um, where most of our large trees are, uh, shrubs, etc., planted 100 to 50 years ago. So a lot of maturity in there, a lot of rhododendrons, camellias and magnolias. Uh, very classic West Country uh, look. So most of those have finished flowering now. So really, the woodland doesn't hold huge amounts of interest during the summer um, but they are starting to get overgrown we do have a lot of woodier uh, weeds such as uh, the brambles bindweed is quite prevalent so I like to get through the woodland at least once or twice a year with a strimmer and just try to keep as much of the more uh, abundant growth back from over uh, growing a lots of the shrubs uh, we are planting a lot more trees um, in the uh, the woodlands uh, lots of our bigger trees the veteran oaks the luckham oaks we've got a, a uk champion black poplar uh, lots of older they are coming to the uh, the latter portion of their career shall we say and uh, we're quite keen to make sure that there's trees coming through to replace those uh, in 50 years when those trees will probably need to either be removed or just uh, just pruned a little bit so hopefully those trees will do well. We've planted things like hickory and pecan. We've got more magnolias going out. Um, 
We've also planted a lot of aces uh, the, for understory planting as well. So hopefully those will all come to fruition in the next decade or so. Um, I'm going to go and pop over to the herbaceous beds now because that's the other area of Stonelands which is looking uh, really beautiful. So I've come up to the herbaceous beds which are the closest bits of the garden to the house. Uh, three sides of the house was completely remodelled about 10 years ago by the garden designer Arabella Lennox Boyd which I'm sure most people recognise that name. Um, and to be honest, beforehand, there wasn't really much in the way of horticulture. A few beds, shrubs, few roses. But now we have a real uh, feast of herbaceous and mixed uh, borders, which I must say this year are probably looking at their best for the, uh, for the six years that I've been here. The, the planting is really starting to mature. Um, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen a a video or some photos have been really highlighting the, her the herbaceous beds at the moment. Um, they're divided into two outside the house. Uh, there's a, a set of two large mixed borders either side of a big patio terrace. And uh, for this year, um, as my apprentice will, uh, will be quite uh, annoyed with, we've actually got the roses flowering because, uh, again, go back to that deer problem, they absolutely decimated the roses last year. Uh, we've got... Uh, two main roses actually freestanding roses in the beds we've got Penelope and Buff Beauty both classic uh, sort of peachy white cream roses uh, they're multiflora so they're absolutely smothered in flower at the moment and they really do underpin the bed planting because uh, around them we have all sorts salvias uh, the Campanula Brantwood hybrids are just starting to flower uh, flocks, paniculata is just coming through. Uh, we also grow this um, APAC, this um, this sort of cow parsley-like plant, uh, which is the Baltic parsley. Uh, unlike lots of uh, those those type of plants, which are annuals, and you have to flower every year for replanting, this is a perennial. Uh, an unfortunate byproduct is it's incredibly self-seeding, so you need to be quite on top of the weeding out the the, the seedlings, or else you're going to get covered in this quite vigorous uh, APAC plant. Uh, and then uh, going on to the lawn, the main lawn, we have our what we root, uh, sort of roughly call the goosefoot beds. It's a very stylized goosefoot. Uh, and on there we have our real uh, pure herbaceous beds, um, which are absolutely at their best uh, towards the end of June into July. Uh, underpinned by four varieties of uh, eryngium, so we've got a ringium, cobalt blue, cobalt star, big blue, and then the uh, hybrid species cross olivarianum. And the, uh, the blue, especially on the, the cobalt blue and the, the big blue, is absolutely electric, very metallic, uh, and really gives the bed its overall sheen. But in between them, we've got all kinds of um, salvias and napita, and a particular favourite of visitors, and Twitter alike it seems, is the Flomis... Tuberosa amazoni, which gives these sort of about a metre to a metre half high spikes of really nice purple flowers, uh, sort of um, branched up the stem, so you get this sort of tiered effect, uh, but it adds a really nice dot plant. Um, we also have among them, we have some grasses, uh, thymes, 
and uh, rhodium, just giving a, a little bit of a l- lower interest just to fill in the gaps. And also I'm starting to grow uh, some Echinacea pallida, uh, hopefully to add a little bit more of a later interest, a few dot plants just to, to tie the b- borders in together. But um, I must say, just standing here at the moment, I'm incredibly pleased with the display of the borders. I hope this, I hope they haven't reached their peak uh, for, for their life and they're just going to go downhill now. That's going to be a lot of work for me. And, and there is um, a lot of work looking after herbaceous borders like this. Uh, you have to make sure that you're always taking out plants and dividing them when they're getting overly vigorous. There's a scutellaria in here, which is, again, very self-seeding. So I have to keep on top of that or else it becomes an incredible thug and can take out a lot of plants next to it, especially the sedums and the salvias. So a lot of work has to go in. Um, Luckily this year I haven't had to do as much staking work. I think the hot spring meant that although the plants were vigorous uh, in their flowering, they haven't actually overgrown themselves. So they're actually keeping upright a lot more. Uh, Fingers crossed we don't get any heavy winds. Round the back of the house there is actually another little garden called the Courtyard Garden, which was made when they put on an extension to the house at the back with the garages and the swimming pool. And it's it's a beautiful little place. So there's a little box topiary sort of knot garden in there. We are suffering a little bit from the box blight, but I've managed to keep it under control so far. So fingers crossed uh, the, the, the pest we don't want down here in the southwest is the box caterpillar that I know is uh, decimating box all over the southeast. But uh, in here we've got a, a couple of small beds, a beautiful wisteria and climbing roses up the house, but then also uh, underpinned again by rose plantings, this time uh, a rose called Felicity, which is a later rose, uh, a little bit more upright, but again, very beautiful pink flowers with a lovely scent. And those are just coming into flower now. And then the, the paths are lined in the Pita. We have um, the iris, uh, the Siberian iris in here. And also uh, some peonies, which have gone over by now. But um, this is a, a lovely little garden. And actually uh, a bit more of a shadier area. So it's quite nice on days like this to use. Um, we are intending to uh, put more herbaceous beds up in the woodland garden, especially around the, the tennis court areas. Um, lots more mixed beds up there. But this is sort of going to be the main area of herbaceous for now. Um, there is another bed on the property, which is a very old bed, which was completely overgrown when I got it and hadn't, soil hadn't been improved for years, so it was rock hard. So we're sort of slowly um, adding more and more organic matter to that, and hopefully by the time that that's improved we can start planting that up a bit better and fingers crossed that'll be a nice countenance to the the more purples and blues we got we're going for sort of more yellows and reds and a bit of a later season interest so there'll be something to look at later in the season anyway i'm going to uh, head to the other side of the garden now uh, for the last bit of this podcast and and take you to one of my favorite bits of the whole garden Just to finish the podcast, I thought I'd come down to the most beautiful part of Stones, or the bit that I really do enjoy, which is the path that runs by the river we have that runs through the garden. Now, when I first came to Stonelands six years ago to be interviewed for the head gardener position, and we came through the front gate, the uh, river is framed by a bunch of trees, and I just fell in love with it instantly because... The one thing I've always wanted to do is work at a garden with a river running through it. There's just something that running water, and especially natural running water, gives to the garden a certain ambience and beauty. And uh, every day 
that I come down to the river, I'm reminded of why I'm here. Uh, it's called the Dawlish Water. Anyone who's been to Dawlish will know the cascades that run through the centre of town, through the uh, town green there uh, and uh, yes it comes through Stonelands as well it's a bit wilder up here um, it's a short basin river which means that uh, although it's quite low during times of drought so at some points it's actually stopped running when it does rain uh, the water thunders down and it can change levels by a metre or two in the space of a couple of hours so we do get a little bit of flooding along the river which is something I hadn't realised and does actually take a bit of work, especially when it damages some of the riverbanks and uh, runs into some of the borders and some of the planting. So I have to be mindful of that, especially during the winter. But uh, I do love being down here. It really does attract the wildlife. Uh, the, the term wildlife corridor is certainly apt for this area. I've seen kingfishers on a weekly basis. Well, I say I've seen them. You, you get that flash, don't you, of the blue and orange. Uh, I haven't actually seen one sitting still. I, I, one day I must come down and sit here and just see if I can capture one on camera. We also get uh, dippers coming up the river with their uh, distinctive little dance they do on the, the rocks of the weir here. Uh, we have evidence of otters on the river as well. Um, again, they will probably be coming in the twilight hours during the night. So I do have a few camera traps I mean to set up and see if I can capture uh, some pictures of the otters at some point. Um, so St Stonelands is sort of semi-bisected by the river. We have a, a beautiful Monet bridge that runs over the river to the other side to our wild uh, areas. Um, and the nice thing about the river is it does run through that older part of the garden that was describing up the veg garden. So uh, on the boundaries we have rhododendrons and all sorts of beautiful spring flowering shrubs. You can probably just hear also a waterfall in the background. Um, there are two water mills uh, in the, oh there were two water mills in the area and uh, they both run leets off the river higher up um, but actually one of the leets is deposited back into the river on our property and we have this absolutely lovely waterfall that comes down just before the Monet Bridge. So that's, uh, that's a really nice uh, feature as well. And one of the things that I really wanted to do when I came to Stone is I noticed that a lot of the banks had got overgrown with laurel, sycamore, ash, and I wanted to open up the river to the garden a bit more. So the last few years, we've been really taking back a lot of the bigger um, laurel stands, uh, bay, akuba, trying to take out all the rogue sycamore and ash seedlings just to open up the garden a bit more and then also uh, hopefully we're going to do a bit more planting like I say we've got some hickory and some pecans I'd like to get some more of the more unusual magnolias and rhododendrons but also some of the more unusual shrubs and things that you can get these days echianthus, styrax, parastyrax uh, I'd like to try some of my personal favourites from home, such as the, the Chef Lerras and some other unusual shrubs from all around the world. So hopefully over the years, uh, this will develop into quite a nice little botanical hotspot of shrubs. Um, anyway, I'm going to finish up by the ford over the river here. I hope you've really enjoyed having a little walk around Stonelands with me. Um, we're hoping again to open next year. So if anyone's interested, please do get in touch. Uh, we open for groups by appointment only. So uh, please don't just turn up and expect me to show you around the garden. But um, yeah, it'd be lovely to, to take you around. And hopefully 
next year we'll have just as beautiful year as we're having this year. So that concludes today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening and would love any feedback or reviews you feel compelled to give us via your preferred podcast provider or social media platform. Life in the garden and out of it continually evolves for all of us. There is now reference to a new kind of normal and we are excited to hope that this will bring opportunities to visit gardens, friends and colleagues old and new so we can gradually adjust from virtual to actual worlds. Specialist nurseries, gardening charities, small businesses and self-employed individuals will still rely on us for financial support and encouragement over the coming weeks and months. We hope everyone in this profession is digging deep and finding ways to flourish. We are continually thinking of you all. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.